Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. All right, all right. Come on, church. Just give it up for Jesus tonight as we celebrate 6 p.m. Why don't you turn to two or three people and tell them you love them. Tell them they look better at 6 p.m. than they do at 11.30. It's that extra nap. Oh, man, you're amazing. You guys can go ahead and be seated in God's presence. This is such an exciting night for us. How many of you as kids wanted to be a superhero? Anybody ever want to be a superhero as a child? Come on. The 11.30, I was like, how many of you want to be a superhero? I was like, which one? And somebody was like, a pop star. I'm like, that's not a superhero. That's not a superhero. All right, so shout out some to me. What did you want to be? Shout out some superheroes. Batman. Anybody else? Spider-Man. Wonder Woman. Wolverine. That's a little dark as a six-year-old, but that's cool. Yeah, no. It's, all right. Anyways, I wanted to be Spider-Man. I went through that phase. I wanted to be Superman. Uh, then I got a little older. I was like, Batman's got all the money. I want to be Batman. That's the superpower I want for sure. I want to show you some real life uh, superheroes, some superpowers here. This is Daniel Browning. He is the world's most flexible man. That is bananas. Like, if you want to be really freaked out, pull up this dude's YouTube. And you're like, the human body was never meant to look like that. And it's really, it really wild what he's able to do. Uh, now the next guy, you can hit that for me. Uh, this is Wim Hof, and he's able to withstand freezing temperatures, like in the water, on ice, on snow. And scientists really have no idea how he's able to, to function. Uh, it's just crazy. This next one is my favorite. This is Stephen Wilshire. He's a British artist. And he has a photographic memory. He's able to look at a city landscape once and then go to like a blank canvas and draw the entire city landscape perfectly. Like it's breathtaking. He has a gallery in London. I'm like, I've got to go there one day and buy one of this guy's uh, drawings. It's just utterly fascinating that his mind can do this from one, one view of a cityscape. And this next guy, this is amazing. This is Ty Ngok, and, and he hasn't slept since 1973. <laughs> this is real. Yeah, and, he, and he's totally fine. He's totally fine. If I don't get sleep for like a night, I'm not a Christian the next day. Like, I lose my salvation. And so scientists really don't know why. He, he had a fever, and after the extreme fever, he was never able to sleep again, but his body can withstand it. It's just like breathtaking. Tonight, I, I want to preach about the superpower of kindness. I want to talk about the superpower of of kindness. And I call it a superpower. We kind of tend to call things superpowers when like the majority of people don't have it. Right? And so I want to talk about the superpower of kindness because it seems to be a little bit more rare and a little bit more rare and a little bit more rare. And yet I believe it's the very thing God wants to fill his kids with to dispense to a world that is in great need. I love this quote by Aldous Huxley. He said, it's a little embarrassing that after 45 years of research and study, the best advice I can give people is to be a little kinder to each other. Wow, what a thought. Now, over the holidays, we had the chance to fly up to Michigan, spend some time with my wife's family, spend some time with uh, my family in Indiana. And now, you know, we're a party of six, so we take up the whole row of the plane now, right? Yeah, we're like a party everywhere we go now. One time, I had like luggage like in front of me, behind me, backpacks, shoulders, kids. I was like lugging three suitcases, and this older man came up to me. It's a true story, and he's like, I will never complain again to my wife about carrying her luggage. And I'm like, I am so glad my suffering 
can benefit you so much. Sir. And so I'm sitting here. Uh, usually what we do is listen. I split the kids. She'll take a couple kids on one side. I'll sit the other two kids on the other side so it doesn't get too crazy. And Juliana always wants to sit by daddy. You know, those that know we have the twins, Maverick and Juliana. Now, all the other children, okay, Audrey, Zeeland, and Maverick, all want mommy. They all want mommy. And maybe it was by default, but I'm going to just choose to believe differently. Juliana wants daddy. So maybe she's like, okay, the rest of the three want mom. Mom's too busy. I'm going to pick dad. I don't know. But I'll, let's just say I'm special, okay? Let's just believe she does it from the bottom of her heart. And so she wants dad to get her up in the morning. She wants dad to put her to bed at night. Right? She wants dad to read her a story. When she's hurt, she comes to dad. And I love this. I'm like eating all of this up, okay? Like, I just love it. She's got curls. She's two. She's perfect. You know, she's got the cutest smile. And she wants dad, right? And so we're going to fly. She wants to sit next to, next to dad, right? And I, and I just love it. How many know that she's going to Stanford and getting the house, okay? Like, it's already decided. But anyway, so within an hour, she falls asleep. So this is what, it, you know, she conks right out. I got a picture of Maverick sleeping, too. They both conked out on this flight. He's just such a chunky little, he's just like a chicken nugget, that kid. So you can notice on the bottom of my, my arm there is my phone. And so I'm reading an ebook, right? What do you do? Two hours, your toddler's on top, you can't go anywhere, right? So you just, I'm reading. I started reading this book called The Psychology of Money. And in this book, it kicks off with this really interesting story about a guy that was a janitor, worked his whole life as a janitor, never got married, never had kids, and unbeknownst to everybody else, just started saving money like crazy. And so when he passed away, he left like $6 million to his community, to his school, and it like shocked everybody because no one could believe he had so much wealth built up because of the way that he lived and disciplined his life. And then the author compares him to somebody else that was a brilliant software engineer and created some programs, made hundreds of thousands of dollars, but he also just spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he was actually a jerk. He was really, really mean to people that were around him, mean to the people that were underneath him in the organization. He was really hard to be around. He'd yell at waiters when they'd go out. One time he told one of his team members to go buy him a bunch of gold coins, like literally tens of thousands of dollars worth of gold coins. He and his buddies went to the edge of the ocean, and they're just skipping gold coins in the ocean, just wasting money. That would have been a fun scuba diving trip, though, to find that. Honestly, that would have been great. But he just was really, really mean to people, and he ends up losing his job because he's just so mean. And, and because he spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, he went broke, and he could never recover. And so the author is like, isn't it amazing like how we live? And the seeds of tonight's message really started brewing in my mind. And here's what it is. Isn't it amazing that even when talent opens the door, it is kindness that keeps the door open with people, right? Kindness will get me places that meanness never will. And because it's getting more and more rare, kindness is becoming a superpower, right? It, it really, anybody believe the world is too loving? Anybody believe the world is too kind? Isn't that fascinating? Isn't it wild that God is trying to dispense to his kids the very thing the world is starving for? Right? Isn't that a little wild? The Bible actually talks a lot about kindness. Let me read a few verses for us tonight. Micah 6, 8. This is God talking to his people. He goes, hey, he goes, I'll tell you what's good. He goes, what do I require of you? What does the Lord require of you? Except to be just, to love, and to diligently practice kindness and compassion right? Walk humbly with God, setting aside an overblown sense of importance or self-righteousness. Wow. Zechariah 7, 9. Okay, God, again, hey, dispense justice, practice kindness and compassion. 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. It's cool that you speak in tongues, but are you mean in English? Paul's like, you know, 
It's just kind of annoying now, right? If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, give over my body to hardship that I might boast but don't have love, I gain nothing. And then Paul starts describing this love from God. Love is patient. Love is kind. There's our word again. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Love never fails. Just a few more for us tonight. Galatians 5 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. There's our word again. Kindness. It's something the Holy Spirit's building inside of me. Ephesians 4, be kind and compassionate to each other. And then finally, 1 Peter 3, he says, church, be like-minded, right? Everybody sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, courteous, compassionate toward each other as members of one household and humility and a humble spirit, right? If you look up this word in the Greek, kindness, it kind of carries these notes of usefulness, um, caring, kind, obviously, goodness. It's almost like the Bible is just saying, yo, let me help you out. Just go be good to somebody else. The Bible's like, hey, here's how to please me. Go be good to your neighbor, right? Just go help them. Just goodness, just add value to them. Like, leave yourself for a moment and go be good to somebody else. I think so many times God in heaven's like, why is this so hard? Like, sometimes I look at my kids and I'm like, why is this so hard? This is a very simple concept, not to punch your sister in the face. Why is this so hard, you know? And I think maybe God's like, man, like, why am I having a hard time? Guys, if there were ever a people on planet Earth that should be kind, shouldn't it be the children of God? And if there was ever a people that could dispense goodness, should it not be the children of God? Right? We ought to ooze goodness because we're reacting to the goodness of God in our lives. Has God been better to you than you deserve? Absolutely. And so God's like, yo, I'm filling you with the spirit of goodness. Go dispense that to somebody else. I want to help us tonight. I've got a little illustration because I want to put this in our minds. Okay. Anybody visual learners out there? Like you'd rather watch YouTube than read a book. Okay. Right. Like most of us. Now, depending on where you grew up, this is called something different, okay? I am from the Midwest. I was born and raised in the cornfields, so this is called pop. Okay, that's what it's in the Midwest is pop. And I'll tell you why we call it pop. Ready? Pop. That's it right there. It's just pop. Midwesterners don't play around. We're just straight to the point, okay? Now, down here, I hear it called soda a lot. When I first moved here, people made fun of me for calling it pop. They didn't realize they were wrong, but it's okay. And so, actually, now I call it soda. I've, I've adopted a little bit of the soda culture. In some parts, they call all of this Coke. Not just Coca-Cola is Coke, but anything in the soda family is Coke, right? Some people call it soda pop, which is way too far. <laughs> and you're the reason civilization is collapsing, and I want you to know that. But here's the thing. Whatever I possess is what I'm able to pour, right? Crush on the inside, crush being dispensed out. It's what the person can drink, crush. Do you like crush? Just take a sip of crush. Crush is what I can offer because it's what I possess. It's what I can pour. It's what those around me experience, okay? So if I'm full of anxiety, and worry, and stress, what am I dispensing to those around me, right? I can only pour what I possess, okay? If I'm worried about 
finances, and I'm frustrated, okay? And I get around my wife. She's like, I don't even like Dr. Pepper, bro. Like, take it back. I don't want, you know, but I can only dispense what I possess. I can only pour what I possess. But if I'm full of God's spirit and I'm leaning into God's spirit and I'm full of love and I'm full of gentleness and I'm full of kindness, then I have kindness to offer somebody else. You don't have to drink that if you don't want it. She's like, it's my first time, bro. I don't know. I'm going to take another. So, but like, I can only pour what I possess can only give what what I've got in here. I find it so fascinating that the Holy Spirit is literally trying to fill his kids with the very things the world is really starving for. I've never met anybody that said, man, I wish I was treated more unkind this week. I've never met a human being that's ever said, man, I wish I was more disrespected. I wish I got less love in my life. I've never met a human being that said that. Isn't it wild that God is trying to fill his kids with the very thing the world desperately, desperately needs? We are trying to pour what we possess. Wouldn't it be wild if our church was known for our kindness and that Christians were known for their compassion and the body of Christ? Like People would be like, man, they're a little weird. I don't worship like them. I don't sing like them. I don't even like Pastor Matt that much, but wow, are they kind. Like, they're the only ones that listen to me and pray for me and hug me when no one else will. Wow. What a thought. What a ministry. So let me spend the next few minutes. What helps me lean into the superpower of kindness? What helps me lean into the superpower of kindness? I remind myself, number one, that God is kind to me. God is kind to me. I'm willing to bet that a lot of you have the wrong internal voice of God in your mind. And I'm not talking about God's actual voice right now, because God does have an actual voice. The written word of God, the Bible, he spoke to the prophets, they wrote it down. God talks to us through a sense of peace. He leads us with the spirit, that inside, that inward voice, that inward check. A lot of believers, you know, have experienced that. They know what it's like to be led of God when God talks to them. So I'm not talking about God's actual voice, because there is an actual voice. What I'm talking about right now is the voice that you imagine. When you think about God, when you pray, you ask for something, a lot of us have this internal conversation, and we imagine God talking. And a lot of us imagine a mean, unkind, judgmental, down-on-us kind of God. And so you're sitting here in anxiety, and then you go to God, but you just imagine meanness, and you're like, I'll just take my anxiety. I don't feel like getting put down right now. Can I lovingly challenge you? You have the wrong imagination of God. God doesn't need to change, but your imagination needs to change and come in line with God's word. A lot of us imagine the wrong God. Wow, what a thought. It's not God's character is intact. He's kind, he's loved, but we imagine something very, very different. I saw this post this last week, and it was like it's 9 p.m. Somebody knocked at my door. A, I think someone's here to murder me. B, it's the police telling me everybody's died. Or C, it's that book on positive thinking I ordered. (laughs) I was like, isn't that amazing? Our imaginations run wild, don't they? Right? Our imaginations unhinged are crazy places. But an imagination submitted to the word and the will of God is really a beautiful thing. Right? God gave you an imagination. He just wants it to live in the boundaries of his word. And you take it out of there, and it's amazing how worry and fear and anxiety can just become overwhelming. Right, And so we imagine so many times 
a wrong God and we have these wrong conversations on the inside of us. Ephesians 2, 7 says that the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. How do I know God wants to be kind to you? Because he sent his son for you. He proved it in sending his son. His attitude toward you is kind. It's kindness, right? He wants to love and reach you. I remind myself, number two, that other people need my kindness. Other people need my kindness. I love this quote. Be kind. Everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle they're not talking about. Dude, Instagram is a book of lies. They might look happy, but they just had the worst week of their life. You know, my wife and I have some friends, and they're going through a divorce right now, and it shocked us both because we're like, they looked so happy, right? Dude, like, you heard that thing, like, don't judge a book by its cover? Looks can be deceiving, right? Like, you really never know what people are going through. What I do know is everyone is fighting a hard, silent battle, and they need my kindness. They don't need me to put more weight on them. Y'all, we call ourselves City Lift Church because we're here to take weights off of people. We're here to pick people up. Church is for a build up, not a beat down. We're here to take pressure off of you, not put more pressure on top of you, right? Those of you that lift weights, you know that when you lift a lot of weights, do a lot of reps, sometimes you need a spotter, right? What's a spotter's job? They come, and when the weight gets to be too much, they alleviate weight so you can finish your sets. Guys, you are divine spotters. If you want a job description in the body of Christ, you're a spotter. You're a divine spotter. When you see people hurting, when you see them with too much weight on them, when you see them struggling, that should kick in your kindness and compassion, and you should gravitate to them and say, hey, let me take a little weight off of you because I'm a part of this thing called City Lift Church, and this is my job description. This is what pastor told me to do. Let me go in and let me serve you and love you and help you and pray for you. Let me have some weight, right? I wrote this down, and I think it's so true. People will come into contact with your kindness before they come into contact with your Christ. What a thought if it's my kindness that really opens the door to Christ anyway, right? But they will come in contact with my kindness first. I had a coffee this week with one of my good friends. He's a pastor in Pembroke Pines. And we went out for coffee and just having fun and laughing. And the barista was doing a great job. And she's serving, there's like multiple tables and, you know, about 10 people in the place. And so she's, you know, doing croissants, making coffee, running around. She had about like six plates in her hand, and she somehow slipped, dropped all the plates, and made a big, you know, crash sound. And, of course, everybody looks, right, because you're just not expecting this loud crash sound. And, you know, and like just without even thinking, I, with a smile, I was like, it's okay. It's a Monday, you know. And then, like, it kind of just made me smile. You ever, like, say a joke so fast, you, like, make yourself laugh? I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but every now and then I'm like, wow, I'm funny. Like, I get my, you know. And, uh, and so my friend laughs, the other tables were like, it's a Monday, you know, and we just, everybody's like laughing, and everybody has so much grace on her, because it's just like, it's a Monday, her boss was there, which made him smile, and she smiled, you know, and I just like, oh, it's just a nice moment, like, you take something that made her feel awkward, it just made fun, it's like, listen, here's the thing, guys, people drop plates, and when they drop plates, they don't need you to go up and point out to them they've dropped a plate, <laughs> they know they've dropped a plate, the sound has been made, okay, what they need in that moment is your kindness, right? It doesn't do any good to yell at them. It doesn't do any good to point it out. It's like, yeah, we get it. Everybody drops plates. Everybody makes mistakes. What they need in that moment is your kindness. You know, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Wow. It's his mercy. It's his kindness that turns the human heart. 
and helps me want to be like him. Who wants to be like a mean person? Nobody. God's not mean. Who wants to be like a manipulative person? Nobody. But when I see God's goodness and his kindness, then I'm like something inside of me is like, you know what? I really can't do better. Help me live like you because you really are amazing. You're good. You're kind. I love this quote from Rex Hudler. He said, be a fountain, not a drain. You know, fountains are offering water continuously. They're offering life constantly. They're pouring out, pouring out. Drain just suck all the life out, right? You ever been around somebody that's just a drain? They just suck all the joy out of you. And you're like, whoo, one hour feels like eight hours with them, doesn't it? You're like, that was enough for that for a while, you know? Let's be fountains. We want people to feed off of what we're pouring. We want to pour what we possess. Last one, let me dig a little bit here. I need my kindness. I need my kindness. I need a kind mind. You need a kind mind. Psychologists say that we think 50,000 thoughts a day. And the average person, 90% over 40,000 thoughts are negative. Wow. That is a lot of self-defeating, self-condemning, fear-filled, worry-filled, stress-filled thoughts. Our minds have it in for us. I think it's about the Bible. One of the reasons the Bible says you need to renew your mind. Like God, the Bible actually says, I love you, but your mind is jacked. <laughs> Sin has hijacked your mind, and you need to get it washed with the water of the word to get it in line with my will. Right? And so I, I have to start out and realize my mind is programmed to be negative because it comes from a broken place, and I need to renew it with God's word. And one of those ways it needs renewed is, you know, I don't think God is negative. I really don't think God is pessimistic. I really don't. I think he's probably a joy to be around when you get in God's presence. Like he's just, there's joy. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. It doesn't say it's misery and defeat, right? There's a joy. There's a peace with God. And so it's like, yo, God, my mind is starting from the wrong place, but it needs renewed. I need a kind mind. Some of you talk to yourselves in ways you would never talk to your friends. Like you'll give grace to people all day long, but you'll sit there and judge yourself all day long. Like you'll care about somebody else, even strangers. Like, oh, man, what they're going through. And you'll just beat yourself up for not being where you want to be. Right? Your mind is not kind. It needs to be renewed. I'm going to close with this. Uh, I'm going to go back to my daughter, Julia. Throw that picture up. Okay? Listen, she's got the cutest little smile, cutest little curly hair, and she loves dad, right? Like she's a princess, but she's also a two-year-old. And every now and then when daddy's like, hey, you can't have candy right now. You got to wait till like after dinner. We don't agree, which is tragic, right? You'd think she'd be like, okay, dad, I get it. But sometimes she just straight up loses it. The other day I said, baby, you can't have that candy, right? And so she started screaming, and then she put her head down on my shoulder. I was holding her right here like this. And I thought she was just going to put her head down and cry a little bit. Y'all, dude, she took the biggest bite out of my shoulder. Like, she took all 12 teeth, and she turned into Jaws. And she, and it hurt. And then I, like, I rolled my shoulder a little bit because it was pins and needles, man. And I was like, baby, you can't bite daddy. And then she looked at me, and she got her little claws out. And then she came for my eyes, yo. Like, she's like, my little princess trying to gouge my eyes out over this candy. And, you know, I wrapped up her arms. I put her on the couch now. And I said, baby, I'm not going to let you hurt daddy. You can't hurt daddy, okay? And so she gets even more mad now. And she's like, ah. And then she goes for her eyes. <laughs> and she takes her claws, and she's trying to scratch her own face. And so I wrap up her hands again really quick. And I said, baby, daddy's not going to let you hurt yourself either. 
Guys, the Heavenly Father, I think, is saying to a chunk of you tonight, I'm not going to let you hurt yourself either. I want you to be kind to other people, but I want you to be kind to yourself because you are also a son and a daughter and a child of God whom he loves. He doesn't want you to hurt others, and he doesn't want you to turn on yourself and hurt yourself either. A couple weeks ago, I was preaching on forgiveness and the need to forgive other people, but tonight I want us to look inside because I think some of us need to forgive ourselves. I think some of us need to repent tonight of having an unkind mind and beating up ourselves. And we need to kind of say, Lord, you know what? I need my mind renewed and I need to forgive myself. I need to stop judging and condemning myself. I need to stop beating myself up because I am also one of your kids. And just like I would dispense grace to other people as they grow in Christ, I also need the goodness and the kindness and the grace of God. Amen. So if I can, all eyes close for a moment. I already just feel God's presence in here tonight. Such a real way. But tonight, if that is you and you need to forgive yourself and you need God to give you a kinder mind, would you lift your hand tonight? Amen. Look, at this is like half the church. I love this. I just feel God's presence. Let's just hang here for a moment. But God loves you. Just like I don't want my daughter to hurt herself. He doesn't want you to hurt yourself either. He's got such a better plan. He is so patient. He's so loving. He transforms us little by little. Guys, nobody gets this thing right the first time, right? We all make mistakes. The Bible says all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Wow, what a, but his love, his kindness. Can we all pray this together so nobody feels alone? Say, Lord Jesus, help me forgive myself. I receive your forgiveness. God, give me a kind mind. Fill me with peace and love and joy. God, fill me so I can give to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would y'all give God some praise tonight, man? It's beautiful. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing day.